Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Face Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080, 96.5 TIC-FM and Light 100.5 WRCH. Aaron Kupek with you this Sunday morning, and we are pleased to be joined by the CEO of FoodShare, Jason Jakubowski. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Aaron. How are you? I am well, and yourself? Doing doing great. It's a busy time of year for us, but we're, uh, we're, we're gearing up. We're ready to roll. You are indeed gearing up for the holidays. FoodShare serves Hartford and Tolland counties fighting mm-hmm. hunger and food insecurity. And what are folks at FoodShare doing this time of year? Uh, this time of year, we're, we're, we're immersed in a lot of different things, but we're pretty pretty much immersed in turkeys. Everything has something to do with turkeys uh, throughout the entire uh, month of uh, October, November, leading up to Thanksgiving. Uh, we're trying to to raise turkeys. We don't have a definitive number yet. We'll have a definitive number on on uh, November seventh in terms of how many we need. But we are already expecting that we're going to need about fifteen thousand five hundred turkeys to fulfill uh, families' needs this Thanksgiving. Looking back to last year, how many meals did you provide over the holidays? Over the holidays, we did. Pro- Probably 2.5 million meals over the holidays. We do 11.5 over the uh, over the the course of the entire year. Um, the, the meal distribution really, and and people, you know, sometimes I think they're surprised by this. The meal distribution is relatively steady throughout the year. There's not necessarily a spike around the holidays. We definitely do turkeys at Thanksgiving, and that's something that's different. I mean, that is that is something that's different. But otherwise, uh, there's the the need is constant. Um, the the donations that we get. Uh, certainly spike around November, December, around the holidays, but the need is is constant throughout the year. Is there sort of a, a drought season where people might be thinking about other things and not yeah. donating food? Yeah, summer summer is tough. Summer is really, really difficult for us. Uh, again, this time of year is, is great because everybody's thinking about hunger. Everybody's thinking about giving. Everybody's thinking about the holidays. Uh, we get about 75% of our revenue in the months of November and December. That's not an easy way to run a business. So by the time we get to June, July, August, when a lot of people are on vacation and not necessarily thinking about giving um, or thinking about about food insecurity, uh, it's it's difficult. It definitely gets uh, get, gets difficult. So we need to be able to 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 bank our not just our our dollars but our goodwill at this time of the year to be able to expend them uh, during those uh, during those summer months when uh, things. Things can be a little, little more difficult. You can, as you say, bank your dollars, but can you? Do you have the capacity to, to store all that food no. for use throughout the year? <laughs> no, the, the the food, the food, uh, the food uh, uh, income needs to be needs to be steady throughout the year, and we're th- very thankful that it that it is. About seventy five percent of our food comes from the food industry here in Connecticut, from the grocery industry. Um, and that is pretty constant throughout the year. If they were just giving us food in November and December, we'd have a huge problem because we don't have the room to be able to store 
all of that and then met it out during the during the year. So the food donations tend to be relatively constant. Plus the other 25% is is typically stuff that we're able to to purchase. So you know, we do have some control over when we utilize uh, or when when we utilize those monies in order to uh, to purchase additional produce and and uh, and, and and other such material. But um, yeah, I mean the 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 food uh, uh, receding food is is generally year round. If someone is thinking about donating to food share and they're considering, well, should I write a check or go to the store and buy some canned meals? Yeah. What would you recommend, and it, why? It's 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 always that's always a great question. Um, the the definitive answer is absolutely writing a check. And I, and I could tell you, what I always say to people is, if you want to do a can drive or if you want to do a food drive. You're better off doing that and giving it to one of your local food pantries, all of whom are partners of, of, of FoodShare, because we're just going to take the food, we're going to sort it, we're going to give it to the food pantry anyway. If you're looking to do a, a monetary donation or, or to raise money, you're much better off giving it to FoodShare because we can purchase so much more with those dollars than a local food pantry can because we buy in such larger quantities. And again, all that food is going to end up either on our mobile trucks or back to one of the one of the local food pantries uh, anyway. But we understand that people have, um, you know, we we definitely understand that people uh, have their own preferences. And you know, for example, this 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 month we're doing the you know through Thanksgiving we're doing the Turkey and Thirty Drive. Um, that's kind of com- uh, combines both. We're, we ask people to donate a turkey so that people can have a good Thanksgiving uh, or a Thanksgiving meal that they might not otherwise not have. But the thirty dollars goes to help us uh, secure our mission throughout the entire year. So they're both, you know, they're both important parts of, of what we do. You say you get a lot of your food from grocery stores. Yep. How does that work? Is that food that has expired or is near expiration? Yeah, it, it could be expired, near expiration. The box could be damaged, and the inside product could be fine. Uh, the can could be dented, but still meets uh, 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 certain standards. To uh, to be able to to distribute, uh, it's also possible that um, you know there could be uh, uh, mistakes in making things. Pepperidge Farms is one of our largest distributors, and they uh, they have a bakery right near us over in uh, in, in Bloomfield. And once every couple of weeks, they'll come and bring pallets and pallets of bread. And it's usually you know something along the lines of if if something wasn't sliced correctly or if there's not the right uh, ratio of, of raisins in in the in the raisin bread um, if there's an imperfection in the product that causes the the corporation not to be able to sell it uh, rather than throw it out and we're very thankful for this rather than throw it out they donate it to us over at uh, over at foodshare in terms of food insecurity in greater hartford yeah. what are you seeing in terms of the numbers is it holding steady going it, up going it's, down it's it's holding steady and, and again one of the one of the best numbers that we have the, the, the numbers themselves you know last year the uh, the feeding america number for hartford and Talon county was about 121,000 people who were food insecure uh, it's currently we're currently at about 118,000. Um, that is that's not a statistically a significant uh, difference. I mean, it can go up, down, 3,000 uh, very easily. We look at the number of turkeys that are requested by our partner agencies and by individual families every year. Um, last year we did we needed 
about 300 more turkeys than we needed the year before. Our current estimate on this Thanksgiving is going to be either plus or minus 200 uh, on on where we were last year. So we're kind of hovering around the same spot. The interesting thing is that it's not necessarily the same people who are food insecure. Um, as people recover from food insecurity, uh, other people become food insecure. So it is in an unfortunate cycle that you know, as 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 some you know leave the statistic, some enter into the statistic. Uh, the interesting thing about food insecurity is that you never know who it's going to affect. You never know who it's going to hit. Uh, you know, it, it, the perfect example: the TSA agents up at uh, up at Bradley Airport. They didn't expect to not be getting a paycheck as a result of the government shutdown uh, earlier in, in uh, earlier this year, um, but they needed some assistance for a few weeks, and so we we distributed probably about seven thousand pounds of food. Um, that was only a temporary thing for them because then they when they were able to get their check and get back on their feet, um, you know, they left that number, but other people were added were added to it. So we we kind of hover around the same the same amount, about one hundred twenty thousand people here in in Hartford Tallinn County. In fact, you sent a mobile food pantry. We did, we did, we did. It was some of the, some of the. Um, one day I remember we went up there. It was the 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 rainiest it has ever been in my life. The next week it was the coldest it's ever been. I mean, it was. Think about it. It was January in New England, um, but the number of people who were in line was uh, was was amazing, and. What was even better was the fact that when it was over and when they started getting their 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 paychecks again, a couple weeks later, uh, a few of them had had gone out and had purchased some food and put together some donated food and brought it over to Foodshare and just said, "Hey, look, you know, this is we just want to be able to to thank you guys for what you did uh, for us." So um, that's something we hope we don't have to do again. Uh, but that's why we're here. I mean, that's exactly what our purpose is, is to, is to help out people who are in need unexpectedly like that. Where else do you send your mobile food pantries? We have about 70 different uh, mobile food share sites that that uh, crisscross all over Hartford and Tallinn County. Uh, we have a number in Hartford, a number in New Britain. Those are our two largest uh, uh, municipalities. But we also have plenty of um, of mobile uh, uh, of mobile sites in Avon, Simsbury, Farmington, West Hartford. Hunger doesn't care what your zip code is. Hunger doesn't care where you live. And I, I'm always amazed when, especially when you talk to, to, sometimes you'll talk to elected officials or sometimes you'll talk to other individuals out in the community who will say, oh, well, that's nice. You must, you know, you give all your food to Hartford and to, and to New Britain and to Bristol. Yeah, we do give a lot of food to those places, but there's a tremendous amount of hunger in in Avon, Simsbury, Farmington, uh, Berlin. We also hit some of the smaller towns like you know Andover, Columbia, Willington, Burlington. Um, there's not one town in our service area that is not affected by uh, by hunger, and our mobile trucks are are all over. We hit um, we we do our mobile sites in two week cycles, so usually hit uh, twice in a month. Last time you were here, we talked about the the growing number of food banks on college campuses. Is is that Absol- something that continues to grow? Absolutely, and and you certainly see that here in the state of Connecticut. Uh, just in our service area alone, um, we have Asnuntuck in in Enfield. We have a Manchester Community College, Capital Community College in 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 Hartford, Goodwin College in East Hartford. They all have pantries. They've all been getting food from us for uh, for a number of years now. 
one of the things that we've been doing is working with the University of Connecticut. We've been trying to, we've been working very hard with Nadine Brennan over at the uh, over at the Hartford campus, uh, and and Mark Overmeyer Velasquez on trying to open up a uh, a pantry on the Hartford campus. And we've also been having conversations with folks up at stores uh, on opening a pantry on campus at stores. Um, I think it's going to happen. It's just a matter of you know how how quickly can we uh, can can the university turn things around. Um, but it's a real need, and as somebody who teaches uh, uh, at, at the at the collegiate level, you see a lot of students coming in. They're buying books, uh, they're paying for parking permits, they're doing they're paying for courses. They may not have enough food for uh, in order to in order to eat. Interestingly, the state legislature is weighing in on this as well. Last year, uh, both houses unanimously passed, and Governor Lamont signed a law that requires every public higher ed institution in Connecticut. To, uh, to, to report their food insecurity numbers in October of every year. And uh, it, it was a great law, a great bill, and now a law, proposed by uh, Representative Haddad and, uh, and Senator Haskell. And um, it's really putting more attention on that issue of, of, of college hunger. Uh, and quite frankly, I think we're probably a few years away, but uh, within the near future, I think the state will probably uh, legislate that that public higher ed campuses uh, uh, have a plan to address hunger. You're listening to Face Connecticut. We are talking to Food Share CEO Jason Jakabowski. Have we seen those numbers uh, begin to, to trickle out yet? They have. They haven't yet. They'll come in after this after this October. Now. Hunger on college campuses, is is that a need that has always been there, or do you see it increasing because of the rising cost of books and courses and things like that? You know, I mean, I, I, I my guess is that the answer is probably a little bit of both. I mean, obviously, you know, I was on a, a college campus at one point in time. Um, I know what it's like to, to be in college. I think it, 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 a number of different factors uh, definitely uh, affect it. Um, how rich are some of these meal plans that colleges are offering nowadays? What are some of the food options that are available to commuter students, to students who don't live on campus? I think those are factors. And then again, you do have the direct costs, the cost of tuition, the cost of books, the cost of parking on campus, the cost of gas to get to campus, uh, bus transfers, all those types of things. They uh, they definitely add up. I think there's more attention paid to it now, but that doesn't necessarily mean it is a new problem. Speaking of education, the Trump administration has proposed a new food stamp rule that could affect free lunch for a lot of kids. And how would that affect what you do? Everything that goes on in in in, in Washington related to to SNAP benefits, uh, to, to free and reduced lunch has a direct impact, not just on food share, but on every food bank in America. And um, the, the, the latest are, is just what I see as a, as a continuing pattern of uh, of of uh, attacks on the the SNAP system and on free and reduced lunch. What I think voters need to understand is that SNAP and and free and reduced lunch are the first line of defense against hunger that we have here in America. For every meal that we're able to produce at FoodShare, SNAP is able to provide twelve meals. Um, which means that if SNAP were to go away or get eroded or somebody who qualifies for SNAP today is no longer qualified for SNAP despite no change in their own personal circumstances, uh, they're going to rely on food banks for food. We, neither FoodShare nor any other food bank in the country has enough food to be able to provide uh, citizens with what they would be getting 
under Snap. Uh, Snap is absolutely the first line of uh, of of defense. We're certainly here to help out in any way that we can, but we just don't have enough product to be able to uh, to be able to cover whatever the loss would be. So currently, the way it works is. If you sign up for SNAP or what they used to call food stamps and you have kids, they are automatically signed up for free lunch? Correct. And that's what they want to do away with and make you go through more hoops and sign more papers? Yeah, and and I could tell you what we see at FoodShare, just all you need to do is, is look at our activity and the activity of our partner programs during the summer. Um, people always ask us, why is this summer so difficult? I mentioned before about how people aren't paying as much attention to hunger in the summertime. One of the other issues is that in many cases, uh, children who are affected by poverty uh, are getting one, sometimes two, sometimes three meals a day at school. Once the last day of school comes, like an iron curtain uh, that, that, that comes down, they all of a sudden don't have access to those meals anymore. Um, that's why there's a, a, a that's why at your baseline you're starting with an inherently greater need during the uh, during those summer months. Um, we've tried a number of programs to to be able to supplement that. You know, we um, the State Department of Education uh, works with uh, N Hunger Connecticut on uh, on a summer meals program. We created uh, two years ago summer food share for kids. In which uh, we we provide uh, food to Camp Current and to some of the other camps around the area to be able to give kids on a Friday so they have food over the weekend uh, and then return the the, the bags on a Monday. Um, those are those are great and, and innovative programs. They still can't uh, replace the 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 loss that you have when you're reliant on a certain number of meals per day at at school. Um, I think we still, as a society, have a lot more to do, uh, have, have a longer way to go before we're able to solve that issue of, of, of summer hunger. So naturally, uh, you, can, you can see if, if, it's, if it's like that in, in the summer, um, you, you want to do everything you can in order to keep these, uh, these children on their, their meal programs during the school year. Just over a week ago, FoodShare was part of the annual Hunger for Change mm-hmm. conference. What were the takeaways from that event? There were a number of specific takeaways from a public policy standpoint. Attorney General Tong uh, gave, a, gave, a, gave an excellent uh, keynote about uh, our need to continue to stand up against some of these proposed changes coming out of Washington. But the more holistic thing I take out, out of that is that it, this is really something that we're all in together. Um, these are th- th- This was a, a room filled of, of activists in New Haven from all over the state of Connecticut on a on a Tuesday on a uh, Thursday morning, they're coming together around one solid issue, around one unifying issue. Um, hunger affects everybody. It affects every community. Uh, it affects different demographics of individuals. And this, it was really a very energizing morning, an opportunity for us to really kind of. Um, you know, to really kind of feed off of each other, and to and to see what not just what state government is doing uh, in in relation to, uh, to to food insecurity, but what researchers are doing. We had a, a number of researchers from both FoodShare and from the Connecticut Food Bank, um, and we had uh, a number of community activists, including the the witnesses to hunger out of out of New Haven, who are just there to tell their story and to let people know um, this is a problem out there, even in 
you know, the richest state in the union in the year 2019. Has the thinking changed over the generations how you best tackle hunger? I I think it evolves. I you know, it it's interesting. I mean, it, it We've been, you know, society itself has been feeding the hungry going back to to Old Testament days. I mean, this is something we're we're doing something that has been done for thousands and thousands of years. Loaves and fishes. Loaves and fishes. Ab- absolutely. So, um, that part hasn't changed. People's innate desire to to feed each other and to to help each other in in difficult times. I don't think that that has changed. I think that that drive and that passion is probably the, still the same as it was several thousands of years ago. Um, what has changed is the amount of research that people have done, and I do think they look at it more. I, I do think we all tend to look at it more of an issue as an issue of poverty and not necessarily food distribution. Even as recently as thirty years ago, if somebody was hungry, you know, you gave them a banana. Nowadays, if somebody's hungry, you give them a banana and you figure out, okay, why are they hungry and what can we do systemically in order to stop that so that they not continue so that they're not continuously reliant on on a food bank. We say all the time. Sometimes we'll joke that oh, we want to put ourselves out of business, uh, 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 things like that, and and those are those are great goals to have. Um, I think my pragmatic approach is that we understand that hunger will always be here but how do we keep breaking that cycle and how do we get people out of that cycle of poverty so that they are not continuously reliant on uh, on on our services we want to always be there for the people who need us um, but we also want to do what we can in order to help um, people uh, uh, be able to to provide for themselves you talked about possible legislation in the future related to food banks on college campuses mm-hmm. at public institutions do you see any other legislative remedies that could help? Well, one of the things that uh, that a number of states have have done, and that we've uh, that, that I know some legislators here in Connecticut have looked at, is a, is a lunch shaming bill. Um, the uh, N- uh, New Mexico state legislature uh, unanimously uh, approved that that law a few years ago. Um, things such as you know making sure that that if a kid doesn't have their lunch money, you don't put a sticker on them that has an X, or you don't put them off to the side and say, "Okay, you have to sit over here today." Um, you go ahead and you provide them with the meal, and then we figure out you figure out how to settle up uh, uh, at some point uh, at some point later. That that's another thing that we're uh, that we're looking at. I think the biggest thing is how do we interact with with government in order to you know produce better citizens and to produce a citizenry in which people are being are taking care of their uh, of, of of their needs across the board. And um, we do things – we do a lot of different things ranging from helping people to sign up for SNAP benefits, which are very complicated to sign up for. Uh, we offer voter registration at our, at our, our, uh, at our mobile sites. Um, we often will have uh, uh, folks from Anthem or other providers there to sign people up for dual, uh, uh, dual eligibility uh, for uh, Medicare, Medicaid. Um, what types of services can we bring to those captive audiences that we have? And one of the things that I find talking to CEOs of, of uh, or to anybody at, at, at other nonprofits in the area, that typically my clients are their clients. And instead of us all operating in silos and us doing food and somebody else doing literacy and somebody else doing healthcare, how can we combine those types of things? Um, I think government is would like to push the model in that direction and if you see you know a lot of the residuals of the affordable care act and other such things like that are moving towards healthcare models in which we are looking at holistic change as opposed to just oh somebody's hungry here let's give them a can of soup
Circling back, when does Turkey in a 30 begin this year? Uh, Turkey in a 30 officially kicks off uh, November 7th, and uh, that uh, it goes all the way until uh, we'd like to get all the turkeys in by the Monday before Thanksgiving so that we can get them out by the uh, Tuesday before Thanksgiving so they can they can thaw out. Um, but people can go right now to our, uh, to our website, uh, www.foodshare.org, and make a donation. People can donate uh, actual frozen turkeys. People can donate virtual turkeys. There's a lot of people nowadays that don't like lugging frozen turkeys around. You can definitely go to our website and, uh, and donate what, what uh, is our cost of the turkey. Um, and the, the weekend before Thanksgiving, we will be out at a number of different, uh, a number of different grocery stores in the area, um, outside again with bins collecting turkeys and also asking uh, individuals for uh, for thirty dollar contributions. He is Jason Jakubowski, CEO of Foodshare. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thank you, Aaron. Good to be here. Thanks for listening to Face Connecticut. I'm Aaron Kupek. Enjoy the balance of your weekend. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.